Hey everyone, it's your host of See Jurassic Right, Stephen Ray Morris here, just dropping in to say, I hope you've been enjoying all the new episodes in 2023 and 2024 so far. There are new interviews with filmmakers, musicians, scientists, the screenwriter of Land Before Time, audio essays about the rich history of the Jurassic Park and Jurassic World franchise, and all the news about the upcoming animated show Jurassic World Chaos Theory and the as-of-yet untitled Jurassic World sequel coming next summer. I really need your help supporting the show right now, and you can do that by leaving a tip and or giving a monthly follow on Patreon, patreon.com slash There are $1 and $5 tiers, but more is coming. Sharing the show, giving five-star reviews in Apple Podcasts, and liking and commenting on social, at Stephen Ray Morris on Instagram and Twitter, goes a long way to help boosting the show's visibility again online in this new era. I'm an independent podcaster and your support is so important and means the world to me in keeping this podcast running. Link to the Patreon is in the show notes. Hold on to your butts. Thank you. And now on to the show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to See Westworld Right. <laughs> Hi, everyone. It's Stephen Ray Morris here with a very special fun series that I'm going to be doing over the next month or so. Uh, so if you don't know, Westworld is a current TV show, and but it was originally based on a 1973 movie written and directed by Michael Crichton, who was the original author of Jurassic Park. And it's really exciting that currently... The two biggest Michael Crichton franchises are Jurassic World slash Jurassic Park and Westworld. And it's funny, I've never seen the original until now. I haven't seen the TV show or anything like that. Uh, so, but I have always wanted to. Again, I love Michael Crichton. He's my, you know, one of my favorite authors and I've read most of his books and truly I can totally, the, the original Westworld concept is such a, prototype to Jurassic Park that I just always wanted to check out the original movie. And I wanted to watch the TV show because it looks really good and it has had great reviews. Second season I hear it gets pretty wild, but season three of the Westworld TV show is coming on March 15th. So I thought, why not? Wouldn't it be fun? Because some of my favorite things, it's like, I love the water cooler thing of where you're like, hey, on Monday you get in and you're like, oh my God, did you see Game of Thrones? Did you see Succession? 
uh, Big Little Lies or something like that. So I, I really wanted to do that for Westworld season three, but I had to catch up first. So <laughs> that's why we're here. We're here to catch up just in time for Westworld season three. So this is the first episode. It is about the, it is about the original Westworld. Uh, that I just watched, like, not even 20 minutes ago. And then I'm going to be covering season one and season two in their entirety, just because let's just get on with it. <laughs> but for season three, I'm basically going to be releasing episodes. Uh, I believe the show airs on March 15th, and that's a Sunday. So basically, like, Monday morning or, like, after I record, I'll do, sh- you know, these these won't be super long episodes. They might be, like, 30-minute recap review type things. Uh, but I, you know, again, I love this water cooler idea and I really wanted to do it with a show. And what better show to do it with on See Jurassic Right than Westworld? So actually, I just, I just had a thought of, well, although I believe when Camp Cretaceous drops the Netflix animated Jurassic World show, I believe that, you know, it's Netflix. So it's just going to dump it all at once. So you won't quite get that week to week viewing kind of like I feel like a lot of us recently had with the Mandalorian where it was that exciting thing of like old school tuning into a TV show every week. Um, for a lot of people also that was game of Thrones. And so, uh, Westworld, uh, is an HBO show, so it, it'll just work out that way. But I'm just really excited to every week get to watch along the show. And I hope you, and I hope some of you are interested too. Uh, if you have never seen Westworld before, I mean, it truly Westworld is truly the proto Jurassic park in so many ways and watching the, the original movie, I was almost surprised at how many kind of callbacks and illusions that either Michael Crichton built into Jurassic park or maybe even Spielberg had an illusion to, and just reading a lot of the trivia, which I'll share with you, how much of an impact Westworld had in kind of popular culture, popular sci-fi film culture, even though the original Westworld movie, I don't feel like is kind of, uh, as praised or remembered as fondly, it definitely had a huge influence. And so that's what was really cool. And so, uh, there will be spoilers. So um, I guess go out and watch the movie. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I'm going to spoil the movie. I'm not going to kind of, I'm not going to like beat by beat go over the film. I don't know how long this is. This will probably won't, won't even be, I mean, I don't know. I'm not, I don't even need to worry about how long it's going to be, but I just wanted to share my thoughts for this first episode on the original movie. And then the site, again, if I said this before, the second, the next episode will be going over season one. And then the next episode after that would be going over season two. And then we'll be breaking down season three week by week as it comes out. So uh, without further ado, let's just uh, start going over the movie. So Westworld 1973, written and directed by Michael Crichton. The, the I mean, the genesis of the movie itself was recalled back in Jurassic Park that Michael Crichton was very interested in. He went to Disneyland and was like, whoa, what if these robots start killing people? And of course... Yeah, Ian Malcolm, Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park, you know, what if Pirates of the Care breaks down the pirates don't eat the tourists? And so, uh, I, like, right off the bat, even just the idea behind Westworld is tied up with Jurassic Park. And again, it's the same, you know, very basic premise idea. There's a theme park that you can go to. And I do find it interesting that Westworld is kind of the darker adult side of things and Jurassic Park is the more kid side of things where it's like Westworld, it's you get to kill, fuck, uh, and, you know, kind of live out the carnal desires of the flesh and you get to kind of, I think the movie really, in, in terms of 
Michael Crichton's kind of classic uh, corruption of power and um, dangers of science and all those things and and corporate greed and all that stuff. I think Westworld and Jurassic Park are really two sides of the same coin. You know, Westworld really deals with, again, these sort of the almost like lawlessness of adults. And it's like the, the film opens up with uh, my dad always jokes about me using the word verisimilitude, but for, you know, Michael Crichton, that is what's key. All of his books have these little touches, these little things that make you feel like you're reading about a real thing. And I think that's what it was just like watching Westworld for the first time. I was like, Oh, this is a Michael Crichton movie because the film opens with almost like a testimonial or like infomercial, like, hello, I'm here, you know, for Delos. And what did you think of Westworld? And what did you think? And it's like all these like, middle America, like regular folks just being like, Oh, I got to stab people and I got to shoot people and I got to like make love. And you know, like in these, so in Westworld, there's not only Westworld, but there's Roman world and, um, what's Roman world and medieval world. And so truly it is like, it's this kind of, I don't know. It just, it feels very prescient, prescient, like looking at it now and, and these ideas of immersion again, verisimilitude. Like it just it, it watching this movie, I was just like, this is all this stuff is not only, you know, foretelling Jurassic Park, but just in general, our society of escape rooms and theme parks. You know, I think of um, Hogwarts and the new Star Wars lands and stuff at Disneyland and everything like it's just we're we're a couple years away from, you know, because even in this, the Star Wars land and stuff, there's like characters that treat you like real and you can interact with them. And, you know, Hogwarts has, you know, all the realistic. So like these ideas of immersion you know Michael Crichton was just nailing it back in 1973 with Westworld and it's just truly something that like I think you know in that kind of classic uh, like classic sci-fi cliche of just sort of you know uh, Westworld really like indulges in that kind of darkness the idea that it's like there's just a scene in the movie where there's like a bar fight and everyone's just like having a good time smashing drinks over and punching and killing robots and stuff like it's there there's a lot of like depravity in Westworld that like funnily enough like the original Jurassic Park I think the book I think indulges in those kind of darknesses Hammond was the dark side of Disney Michael Crichton said at the time Uh, but I think in some interview he was like but Spielberg was much more forgiving and kind of made Hammond the flawed dreamer and all that stuff but in Westworld Michael Crichton isn't pulling any punches I mean these are these are these are uh, you know people wanting to like cheat on their spouses and stuff oh but it's just robots and you know there's all this kind of stuff it's just really interesting so yeah the film was uh, directed by Michael Crichton written and directed uh, it was MGM. I thought MGM was like a shady studio at the time. I was just reading and watching some videos and it was like, well, you know, we're going to, I guess we'll give you guys like a million bucks to make it. It was like barely any money and, you know, ended up being the highest grossing movie of their year for MGM. What I, but I thought was really interesting, like reading the trivia because the other aspect of the creating, because it was again, this idea of like, cause Michael Crichton's written Twister also like, Michael Crane has in most of his books adapted Congo, Andromeda Strain, Jurassic Park, Lost World, Timeline, uh, Disclosure, Sphere. But my, uh, Westworld was never a novel. And uh, it was because 
these lands that we inhabit were based on the, our conception of what those are. And I thought that was actually really smart where he's like, no, we don't, we don't actually know what medieval Roman and Western times are. We just know what they are because of the movies. So then the idea that the, because of MGM wanting not spend any money, they were reusing sets from other movies. So it's like blazing saddles was the Western sets and everything. And I, I kind of thought there was like a kind of poetry to that that by the very nature of the film it's making the these and and he also said i was watching another interview where it's like these the the worlds are based in these clichés of the duel and sleeping with the you know the the saloon brothel and the bar fights and you know the pl- piano playing and then it stops and you know um all that stuff so it it just makes sense that even in the very fabric of the making of the movie, it's like these are already things that exist in popular culture. I thought that was actually really neat in terms of looking at the making of the movie. But then, you know, and then there's the, so that like the movie basically it, it well, here, let me just go through the stars of the movie. So it stars Richard Benjamin as Peter Martin and uh, James Brolin, who looks like Christian Bale in this movie. It's crazy uh, as John Blaine. Basically, like they're it's it's like we focus in on two businessmen who decide to spend a couple of days living in this place, you know, kind of living it up. And John Blaine uh, seems like who's played by James Brolin seems like a guy who's like addicted to this place. He's like, I love to come here, and I like like you can tell he's gone through the through this a million. Like he doesn't even uh, you know on airplanes when they you know do the whole safety thing they do kind of a thing like that and again there's all these parallels to Jurassic Park there's kind of like a short film that kind of explains the concept kind of like the Mr. DNA and all that stuff but uh, John Blaine he like he's like I've seen it already and stuff and you can tell he really just know like I don't know it's funny I mean again for me one of my biggest like uh, as an adult, instead of going to a lot of different things every weekend, it's like, oh, I have a pass to the Natural History Museum. Oh, I have a pass to Universal Studios. Like, I want to, it, like, kind of indulge in the things that I like over and over again because I know that these are my escapes, you know? And so you can kind of feel like John Blaine is kind of that guy where it's like, yeah, I head out to Westworld like once a month to just blow off some steam, you know, shooting a couple people, having sex, you know, with robots. Are robots good at making love? I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> and then Peter Martin's like the greenhorn who you kind of, again, this movie is very minimal. Um, and I think that's just by very nature of the budget and all these things and stuff. But I actually kind of appreciate how minimal it is. I kind of, it's a very like, lo- I feel like a lot of seventies movies are very lonely. And this is like a very, especially towards the end of the film, it's really contrasted between sort of the, depravity and stuff the um even you hedonism but i apologize for nothing like it's just very depraved and and immoral and stuff and then the the rest of the film is just uh spoiler peter uh martin aka richard benjamin's character who directed the, uh, P- richard benjamin who directed the money pit uh, Peter's character on the run from the other star of the movie, Yul Brynner, as the gunslinger. And reading trivia, the gunslinger's character inspired Terminator. And I think there's a few. Yeah, Terminator. And, oh, John Carpenter's Michael Myers in Halloween. Just this kind of um, silent, immovable force that is going to hunt you down. And so... Uh, yeah, the, the movie has a, a great contrast, I think, between the beginning and the later half when Peter Martin's like the only human left after the robots have gone 
uh, sentient and kill people and stuff. So, um, but yeah, basically Michael Crichton was like, this only works as a movie and decides to direct it um, and all that good stuff. And yeah, like, again, the movie, tr- what's interesting, uh, what I also like about Michael Crichton's stories is that yes, there's these kind of big events, but there's a lot of little things that lead up to it. You think about Jurassic Park and, you know, the, obviously Nedry is the person to shut down the power, but was it Hammond's hiring of Nedry? Was it the design in the system? Was it the fact that the dinosaurs aren't predictable? You know, they don't adhere to schedules, as Malcolm says. Was it the hurricane? There's a lot of these little things that lead up. And so I think Michael Crichton was really the way he directs Westworld and the way that the story unfolds, it's you by, so the movie essentially has kind of three main storylines ish. You have, um, you have Richard Benjamin and James Brolin, Peter and John who are in Westworld. And it's kind of, again, the, the newbie, uh, you know, Peter is being shown the ropes and getting to indulge in all the kind of fantasies of being in the wild West. And then you have, I believe what is his name? Uh I don't I don't see his name on IMDb. I can't. But um oh Dick Van Patten, I think his name is. Yes, yeah. Dick Van Patten, he plays the banker and he's essentially the um or no, is he the banker? Let's see. Let's double check right now. Um do 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 um yeah, I believe he's the banker. Well, hopefully that I'm correct in that. But <laughs> uh, but essentially, in medieval world, you see kind of a lecherous businessman who's just like... Uh, there's one moment where uh, you have these computer programmers like, we need to make the queen inf- like able to uh, cheat on the king because that's what this guy wants. The, the guest wants. It's all about what the guests want. So you have this guy's story where he's basically just trying to get it on with everybody, with every woman in medieval world from the queen to a a lowly servant. And then you have the behind the scenes uh, with all the, the computer programmers and the robot technicians and everything. The, the main um, chief supervisors, Alan Oppenheimer, who was in the $6 million man. And I, I, what I love about this movie, and I'm actually excited for the TV show for this concept is where you're, you're kind of in this realistic space of these different worlds. And then all of a sudden you're like in high tech bleeps and bloops and they show the process of like repairing the robots and they show everyone running the programs. And it's this idea of like, all right, do do, do, you know, make sure the, the bank, the bar fight happens right now, three, two, one. And so, you know, all right, we're turning on the park for the day and all that stuff. Again, a lot of parallels to Jurassic park in that way of the control room and things like that. Oh, and the thing that, I mean, when, when I first knew that I was in for a real treat with Westworld is when they said spared no expense. And I was like, all right. Oh man, the DNA, oh, DNA, uh, truly between Westworld and Jurassic Park is truly like cemented for me. I mean, and again, that's the kind of thing where I wonder, did Michael Crichton write that line into, you know, early drafts of Jurassic Park that were then adapted by Amalia Scotch Marmo and David Kep? Or was that Spielberg being like, or David Kep or Amalia Scotch Marmo being like, we should definitely throw that spared no expense line and as an homage to Westworld? I don't know. If anyone knows, let me know. So yeah, you have the the behind the scenes. You have 
John and Peter experiencing Westworld, and then you have this uh, this kind of lecherous businessman in medieval world, and then you kind of have Roman world as sort of just a tapestry. Um, Roman world again is like. And, and I want to hear from all of you which world you would want to be in of the three. Or what kind of world would you invent for yourself if you could invent another world? Again, I think in the Westworld TV show, I think there's like a, like a samurai world or something like that. Or, you know, again, if if we were truly doing a Crichtonverse, Jurassic Park would be one of the worlds in Westworld or, or something like that. So... Yes, yeah, so you kind of have these three thrusts of the storyline, and and to to go back to the main thrust of the story, it's all about these little things breaking down and lack of confidence to then building up to the moment when first a robot snake uh, attacks uh, James Brolin's character, and then uh, a robot, um, a medieval woman rejects the banker and. The, and then eventually uh, <laughs> the Black Knight stabs the banker to death and then finally culminating in Yul Brenner, the gunslinger, because he's been killed by Peter Martin's character a couple of times now at this point. And it's that repetition. And I think they're kind of hinting that idea of like, even though they're just resetting the robots every time, it's like there's maybe a built-in memory or something happening. And again, all that stuff is set up so beautifully with the as the problems mount, I mean, there's even a part where like the main, um, the Oppenheimer guy, the chief supervisor, it's like, man, does anything work around here? And they're all talking about these problems. It's that kind of thing where they're, you know, it, at, at places you're troubleshooting, things are happening. And they, and they said that like, oh, at the beginning, things were working, you know, within an expected range of problems. Like every, we know there's always going to be problems, but now, and they even allude and people were saying, and like the trivia was saying that like, in 1973, Michael Crichton is referring to the idea that these robots could get viruses. And that's why there's things breaking down that it's not just like, oh, you know, one of the robot falls and trips. There's stuff like that, but that maybe there's something deeper in, in the central unit or something like that that is wrong. And, and there's just kind of this building existential dread that's really cool about the movie. To like, there's just a line where it's like, we like machines are now building parts of these machines. We don't know how they work. And it's just like, Ooh, like I just got chills watching that. That was so cool. And I just dropped a pen. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the movie is just very, I mean, it's very 70s. It's very stark. Um, everyone's very sweaty in the West world. Yeah, it builds up to this moment where you just have this chaos. It's very actually similar to, which is the Jurassic World movie. And to me, Jurassic World is very similar to the original Jurassic Park book and the idea that there's kind of these ups and downs of control. And so the middle of the movie Westworld has this, you know, the big set piece where all the robots suddenly rebel all at once. It's not like this organized effort. It's just that all the robots are like, we've had enough, you know, and they just start killing all the guests and everything. And so it's funny because, uh, yeah, I haven't, I hadn't seen this movie till now. I think my conception of the movie was based off like the, the Simpsons episode that I think was a parody of Westworld and so I had no idea that they showed Roman world or medieval world. Um, I just always thought it was the West world and then the behind the scenes, but even the behind the scenes was a lot deeper than I thought. There's a point in the movie where <laughs> like a lackey who sent out to the park to fix a robot, he's just trying to escape. And he's just like uh, Peter Martin's character is on the run. And this guy's just like nervously trying to change a tire and everything. And then he just gets gunned down by the gunslinger. 
And uh, yeah, I don't know. It just, it's all layered very well and, and interspersed. And again, as things slowly fall apart, it this pure chaos, and then it becomes this lonely chase through the desert, and then eventually off to to uh, mid, or Roman world, no medieval world, no Roman world, and then throughout the tunnels and everything underneath Westworld. Um, where Peter Martin's character, where uh, or no, Richard Benjamin's character, excuse me, uh, where Peter is just trying to find a way to get away. But he he learned at this point that there's no stop, you know, that this robot's not going to stop. And so there's actually, there's, well, I won't spoil it. There's a great moment where he outsmarts the robot that I thought was really, um, that I thought was just really clever and fun. And like, even though I saw it coming, I was just like, oh, I'm glad they're going here. And again, I think more than I, more than I thought it would be. This movie does have a dark sense of humor and I think has fun with it a little bit more than I, because I think the Westworld TV show to me seems very serious. So I kind of just assumed, and from the era that this is from 1973, those kind of austere sci-fi movies and stuff. This movie I think had a little bit more fun, especially like there's a scene early on where everyone's getting dressed to go, you know, you're changing out of your regular clothes and you're getting ready to go to Westworld. And it's just playing this like, you know, very fun country banjo music. And it's just like, okay, I get it. Like, this is like, I think the thing that also I really liked about the movie is this idea that like, you are given this opportunity to live out these fantasies, to, to, you know, to murder, to have sex with anyone you want to, well, not anyone you want, not the other guests, but like, you know, the robots, you get a chance to kind of live out these, these raw, you know, power fantasies. And yet what I love about uh, Peter is that he's like, wait, like, I love that the beginning of the movie is him kind of being, cause I think that's very realistic. I think even if we're told that we could do whatever we want, I, I still think like, I like, I just think about the first time I played paintball. I went to, I think I, I've only done it twice, but I did it once. And the first time I did it in high school, it's like the first time I got shot with a paintball. I was like, ah! like, and I'm like, Oh wait, it's just paint. Like I think, the rules of our society were so um, socialized that like, even if somebody was like, no, here, you can shoot this robot. You can do whatever you want. I I think a lot of people would probably hesitate. And I I really appreciate that Crichton put that stuff in that. It's not just that humans are just going to immediately go do whatever they want and just turn into animals. Like, yeah, it's like if you are pointing a gun at a person and even if you know that none of this is real, like you would still pause. And then I, you know, and again, the joke of like, uh, of him getting with one of the the sex workers in the brothel. It's like, he's like, Oh, I've never done this before. And you know, like, I don't know you that well. And it's just like, I don't know. I, 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 I found that stuff to, to me, I think those considerations, I think, elevate the movie a little bit more than I expected. Instead of just like a raw power fantasy, yeah, everyone would totally do this. I do like this idea that like, <laughs> like, like for Christmas, somebody gets you a gift card and it's for a weekend at Westworld. And you might be like, oh, no, like, I just want to hang out and like... Maybe I just want to run a saloon or, or I want to run a mail thing or just ride a horse. Like, I don't know if I necessarily want to kill in Westworld. Like, even if they're robots, like, I, I don't know. I liked all that stuff uh, a lot. And I think, yeah, ultimately like elevated the movie for me, uh, a lot. So, um, yeah. And, and then I don't know. It's just interesting. There, I won't, I guess I won't totally like spoil the ending and everything, but there is, a moment where Peter, after having 
confronted, you know, this kind of this like monster where it's like you keep thinking it's dead and then it comes back and then there's some a break where he helps somebody and it's it's not who he thought it was. I don't know. That part well was also very chilling too. And it kind of Again, I haven't seen the original or I haven't the original. I haven't seen the new show, um, you know, from the last few years. But I, I truly think this moment where he decides to help somebody who's not who they seem. I, th- I feel like that's probably the inspiration for the TV show, because I think in a way it's like, oh, how could you do a whole TV show about this premise? You know, just robots going crazy. And, like it just it's like, why is this? Why is Westworld in season three? Like there's got to be more to it. And I think the ending of the movie the ending of Westworld, I think, is truly where it sets up all these possibilities of robot rebellion and sentiency and, and what makes us human and all that stuff like that, that I uh, is making me really excited for the show. <laughs> if you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm trying to think of a few other things, a few other interesting trivia. Some of the first digitized uh, CG stuff was done with like, again, it, the, I feel like the 70s and 80s had a proliferation of like, or like experimentation of like, what is it like to be from a robot or aliens point of view? And this is like a very like zoom and enhance kind of thing. I don't know. I thought that was very interesting. And uh, yeah, the... The film was shot in 30 days. You know, uh, Yul Brenner was having financial difficulties, so he accepted a pay cut to do this. Yeah, it's just a it's a it's a pretty short movie, too. I feel like it's only it might only be. Let's see how long this bad boy is. Yeah, it's only 88 minutes. I guess Michael Crichton did a re-edit himself because he thought the full length of the movie was boring. I mean, I guess I was seeing some reviews like Siskel and, you know, the end of the movie is, is a lot more austere than the beginning. And I think that's very purposeful, but I also understand it is, it is a lot of just Peter, uh, Peter's character just kind of running down, uh, like just running away from Yul Brenner and just like lots of like sweaty close-ups of him and just like stern, you know, close-ups of Yul Brenner as he's like, where is him? Where is this human? But 
yeah, they just, again, I, th- again, I'll just reiterate here in closing. Uh, I think the movie just really nails and just these kind of ideas of, or it just, I think it definitely attacks the question a lot more interestingly than I expected. And I think it compared to Jurassic park, I think, I mean, Jurassic Park is great because it can kind of hit nature versus science or nature versus man and it can do that stuff. But Westworld, I think, and I'm assuming the TV show is probably trying to attack human nature versus programming and stuff. So I thought that was really cool. And there again, there's just some little things, allusions to Jurassic Park as well. It's like there's a moment where Yul Brenner uh, because he's like a newer model or no, he's not a newer model, but he has an upgrade that can see heat. And so there's just a moment where, so the robots, you know, they're cold. So like, that's the way you're able to distinguish between humans and robots in the world because visually they look identical, um, other than the hands. Although I read, um, I read somewhere that Michael Crichton was, uh, the the detail that the only thing that the that the makers of the robots didn't get right was the hands was because uh, essentially I guess in like old times in Renaissance or pre Renaissance medieval it was artists always had a hard time drawing hands so I think that's funny that it's like they've perfected everything else but still hands aren't right and I feel like anybody who draws it's always hard to draw hands so I, I don't know I thought that was really interesting uh, but back to the heat thing so there's just moments where it's like Oh, you know, like that, like the Rexy can't see you if you don't move. There's like a scene where Peter is like holding still and then realizes that like, oh, Yul Brenner only sees the fire and not him. So it's like, and then again, this kind of stalking of, of, of Peter's character by the robots, very like velociraptor intensity and stuff. And, you know, just all that kind of thing. So yeah, I don't, um, if you've seen Westworld, let me know what you think of the original. I, I definitely loved it more than I thought I would. And I'm super excited to do this series. Let me know if you've already seen Westworld, if you're anticipating season three. Um, again, I th- I've watched the trailer for it and stuff, but um, I'm about to embark on watching the series. Probably tonight, I'll probably start watching it. Um, I'm excited. I'm, you know, I love Michael Crichton. I love his works. And, you know, I think... Again, it's just interesting to me that Westworld and Jurassic are very much two sides of the same coin, all starting from this theme park element and then sort of expanding outward. Maybe I'll watch the Simpsons episode, too, again, as another special episode of the See Westworld Right segment. So let me know what you think. Um, again, thanks always for listening. And so... Hopefully from here on out, we'll have new Sea Jurassic Right episodes on Fridays as normal. But every Monday for the next month or two, we'll get to see Westworld Right. So until then, um, do the robot.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.